Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi there. I hope you're having a nice day. Uh, Today's episode is a little bit of a rant. So I will give a bit of a rant warning here. Um, And it's something that I've, I'm really, I'm passionate about and I've been hearing a lot about and I really wanted to share it because it's something that only recently occurred to me in this way. And I heard, uh, I was listening to another podcast where it was mentioned and it had sort of been forming in my mind. I thought I really need to share this. And that's how the gender mixed messaging in relation to money happens and the impact that it has in particular on sort of our generation, we have the opportunity to change it for the younger generation now. And with this awareness, I'm hoping that we can start to guide our children in a different way. Uh, And what I'm talking about is the, the difference between sort of an expansive mindset and a contractive mindset when it comes to money and how this impacts men and women and the messages that we have typically received. And a lot of the stereotypes are being challenged, but I I feel like they're not being challenged aggressively and perhaps clearly enough to the point where we need to almost be kind of like tapped on the shoulder, to slightly bumped on the head and go, come on, just realize this. And and what I'm what I'm gonna talk about then is how do we start to to do to deal with it? And I suppose awareness is probably the first one. And that's what this rant is about, is to try and help make you, me, people around us aware of it. Because the more people who are aware of the languaging and the the way that men and women are encouraged to see money is really, really crucially important to changing the narrative, changing the stereotype, and changing the financial futures of us all. And by us, I'm also talking about just mainly women because, you know, men have their own stuff um, and we do all think about and behave very differently with money, which is why the messaging is also quite different. So if you, th- if you just think back to, to your childhood and the messages that, that you, you received, and they were probably indirect messages, things that you just observed in terms of the conversations you heard with your parents, um, the way you saw your mom and dad or your male friends, female friends operating around money, and just see if this stereotype applies and you can relate to it. As an example, women are very much about, you know, their, their messages are oh, save money, budget, you need to budget better, you need to be able to, you know, save money on the grocery bill each week, save money on other things where you can, you know, do without that latte that you like every day. You know, it's all about c- contraction, removing and shrinking. And so when it comes to investing, which has to be a bit more of a risk-taking, expansive exercise, we get scared because we don't want to make a mistake because we're taught to not make mistakes, to contract, to save, to reduce. Rather than with a man, it's about, oh, you know, you got to take risks to get ahead. It's about expanding, invest, try this new investment, go to this networking thing, go, you know, talk to these guys. There's this, um, what do you call them, like syndicate or um, pool fund investment that's going on. Like they're, they're willing to, to go out there and try new things and risk losing some money over it as well. And it's really, it's really, really interesting sort of mentality mentality. And I noticed this building a lot because obviously now I I work a lot in the money space 
And so I talk. And so people talk to me about money a lot. They ask me questions. And so when I'm at functions, I inevitably will get a male friend or a a friend's husband come around and ask me about money. And the things they ask me are about crypto, investing, what I think the markets are going to do, like things like this. Like what do do I think about the investing side of money? And that's where their headspace is because that's the expansion wealth building side because that's what they're thinking about. Whereas when I'm talking to, to women about money, typically it's about, oh, I'm just not good with money. Oh, I need to budget better. How do you save money on groceries? You know, do you use co-ops? Like all this, which is great. It's that, that, it's, it's that nurturing community because we're worried about our families. We want to feed our families the best food and do it for the best, get the best bang for our buck kind of thing. Um, but when it comes to investing, even the concept of micro-investing just tends to overwhelm and, and scare. And I was like, micro-investing, you're literally investing like with a few dollars. And even the concept of losing on that is just is scary. And and it just it really it, it just and, and I and to be honest, I can relate to it. And that that's the thing. I was like, I, I could relate to it for so long until I, I I don't know, I think I just got out of my own way or I just got to the point where I was so sick of of not getting anywhere or being scared or just not seeing balances grow that that I really just wanted to bust out of it. And, and it's something I really, I want you to think about your messaging in your own mind and challenge it and go, where did this come from? You know, we, we hear those, we see, and we still see the stereotypes of, you know, the, the mum gets the money every week and she, she puts it all in the different envelopes. And these are, these are the things more probably for our grandparents' generation, but the concept still applies. You know, there's still the, the online, like that we now have accounts instead of envelopes, but the concept is still there. And it's usually, you know, the, the wife or the woman is putting the money into each of the envelopes and and going and, and making sure that everything balances or trying to make the accounts work or just trying to balance the budget, basically. Whereas the men are out there, you know, making the big bucks and doing the investments and thinking big. And yes, there is a lot of stereotyping here and there's a lot of generalizing and a lot of it has changed, but there is still a bit of an underlying psyche, a generational, almost in our DNA kind of psyche, which we just need to stop. And I know it sounds very easy to say, just stop doing it, but because it's there, but the awareness of it and realize when you're having those thoughts and when those behaviors are coming to you as well. Like I've, I've now gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, and I'm still quite cautious. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan of debt. Um, I know a lot of people will take on loans to invest in shares. I choose not to. Uh, I just don't feel comfortable with it, especially when there's so much volatility in the last few years that things are so unpredictable. So I, I understand what my risk profile is and I know where my, where I'm possibly even limiting myself. I'm doing it consciously though, and I'm fully aware of it. And I have other strategies in place that I'm comfortable with and I mitigate things as well. So I understand from my perspective and what works for me in terms of how to build a portfolio and what that diversification, that concept actually means and what I do from a budgeting standpoint. Like I I love Costco. (laughs) My husband's constantly chuckling at me because he'll bring something as like, let me guess, this is from Costco. I'm like, yeah, because it's in a really big container and everything in Costco comes in big containers. Like even my daughter likes these corn chips and the Tostitos and they came in this like massive packet. <laughs> my challenge then was trying to keep them fresh after opening the packet. Um, so it was, so it's quite funny.
money. So I, I do, and I do enjoy bargain hunting as well. I do like going into op shops and I do try and like find fun stuff. And it's also that concept of the circular economy as well. I like that concept too, where you're not constantly just buying new, 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 you know, sharing books, um, you know, recycling clothes, giving clothes to friends, recycling toys, um, and, you know, up, up skill up using or anyway it's 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 something that i i really love to do anyhow um and it's not just from the financial aspect i just i love the idea that things still have a life after you know when they're still useful as well um but it's it's come it it's a balance between all of that. So you can still be the person who's looking after the family, making sure everyone's eating well and they've got like the, the, the good quality food and bring the cost down as much as possible. Go into food co-ops. There's meat co-ops. There's fruit and veg co-ops. There's, there's so many different options out there. Um, and yes, it's from a it's a budgeting aspect as well, but there's also a bit of a community aspect to it as well. So I'm also going to challenge you to flip around the reasons why you do some of these things, because there's probably other things you could do, but sometimes it's actually quite fun to just go, okay, let's get together. It's, you know, it's bulk buy month. Let's, you know, we'll get together and figure out what we need. And yeah, sometimes I have to admit that kind of thing I find quite overwhelming because it's just, I I just want to get what I want when I want it. But for others, it might be more fun to do it as a collective as well. And it's just, it's figuring out what works for you, but challenging the reasons why you're doing it. And it's, and if it's to save money, that, that can be just as good enough reason, as long as you're also looking at how to start to build wealth. And there's also this misnomer that you, you have to pay off debt, you have to do all these things, and it's all like a linear process. So you can't really start to invest or build wealth until you've done all these things. That's actually not the case. But that's always the message that we were given is you go to school, you finish school, you get whether it's a tertiary or some other kind of education, you get a job, you work, you save up for a house, you buy a house, and then you might use some equity in that house to buy an investment property because that's the very Australian way um, to then, you know, you, you work your whole life and then you have your super. And then you're like, okay, but what if my super's not enough? All right, well, I should have probably started investing maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago. <laughs> but I thought I had to pay off my house first. And you're like, oh, and there's there's all these, these confusing kind of one-size-fits-all paths that don't actually apply and it's not a male or female thing and it's 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 not a you know directional path it's not there is no one size fits all you have to figure out what you want but you also have to be aware that it's not just do this just do one thing at a time when it comes to money you can do multiple things just as an example we have our home, um, we have our super, um, I also have micro-investing, I have well, I have two different micro-investing apps going, but I've got a third one within one of the other ones as well, I'm doing something uh, extra for my daughter, I've got an investment for my daughter as well on top of all of that, plus I have additional investments. I've chosen to go more down the shares and uh, index funds path because I don't like the idea of spending so much money and paying so much debt for a single asset, like not just a single type of asset but just a single like one particular investment property that just and I also don't want the hassle of dealing with real estate agents and tenants and repairs and all the tax stuff that goes in you know, I just I just I seriously don't want that kind of headache so I've chosen not to go down the investment property path but I have other investments instead so I have a lot of things going in parallel and some of them are itty bitty things like my micro investments you know one of them I've got nearly 6,000 in there another one I've just started so it probably won't start to see much for you know at least five years but that's okay I'm in my mid-40s I've got time um, so it's doing things like this and just thinking about doing things like that in parallel rather than just focusing on paying off your home and saving money on your grocery bill. 
you know, it's it's challenge those thoughts and figure out what it is that you want to do. And it does not have to be scary. And it you don't have to be great at math. You don't have to need to know how to use Excel. There are so many different barriers that we think are there to hold us back that we've sort of been told almost, or we've somehow assumed. It's it's really interesting how these things come about. Um, and we've we've witnessed them or whatever, whatever the reason or the root cause of it. Maybe it's something we were told when we were children or a teacher in a math class or whatever it happened to be. You really do not have to be a math genius to manage money. Like quite often the really successful investment bankers in the world or people who are accessible at, at investing in general they don't have that kind of background. Um, they were just prepared to overcome their own mental blocks and assess their own risk and take some risk because some of it does is a leap. You know, life in general is a leap. You think about anything that you've had to do in your life. You didn't know you could do it before you started. Even a relationship is a leap. That was a big, big like hurdle for me to overcome because I didn't grow up with great like relational role models, you know, so I, I had to take a leap to, to eventually, you know, um, end up with my husband and I was in my mid thirties by the time I was brave enough to take the leap. Um, so we all have to do the things we need to do and there's, there's boundaries to push, there's, there's risks to take and it's, and it's really, it's an introspection to be able to do that. And then that's what I'm here also trying to cheer you on, go figure it out. You can do it. You can ask questions. There's community, there's support, there's people around now more than ever. There's information out there to help you with this. And just really challenge, become aware of them, first of all, of the beliefs that you've got around money, and then start to challenge them and go, you know what, I want to shake these off. I'm sick of having them shackled to me. And and then move from there. Use use the frustration and the passion and whatever it is to move beyond your current state of fear and inertia. Because frustration can be a powerful motivator. I've talked about that in the previous episode. Um, but use it. Whatever that emotion is that's festering inside you, take it, use it for good. So I hope that wasn't too ranty. (laughs) I do get very passionate. If you could see me, my hands are flying around because I do talk with my hands and there's a lot of hand flying going on right now. Um, So it's probably a good thing that this is just audio. So I hope that's given you a little bit of a, a motivator and a inspiration perhaps also for, for getting yourself moving on your money journey. And if you have any questions, please feel free to ask. Um, I've got the Enriched Life Club that um, there's a the price change coming up. If you want to take advantage of the lower price right now, you could go to enrichedlifeclub.com. Check out what's in there. It is designed for small business owners um, who are sort of at more or less early stages of their journey or are transitioning from one phase to another in their in their um, business journey as well. So I'm a firm believer in support. I belong to a number of groups and I can't tell you how important that, that support is, especially when we all have our down moments. It, it's just natural that it comes. So, um, but whatever you're do- feeling and, and doing right now, have a think, take a moment for yourself and figure out what you want to do next to push through whatever is holding you back. All right. Have a wonderful day. 